Welcome once again to Inside LAFC. I am Max. We have a very special guest. We always have a special guest. I know a lot of people were thrilled that we had Vince back. Uh, got a great response. A tweet saying, Vince is the only reason I listen to Inside LAFC. So, you know, well, I mean, among other things. But Vince is a delight and uh, a great asset for all of us. We will have Mauricio Pedrosa, who is one half of Ahora o Nunca with Hercules Gomez, a hit show in ESPN Deportes. Uh, also can be seen here in the United States. They have incredible guests, but they are also very thorough with Mexican football. So we'll talk a little Guardianes Liga MX Liguilla, and we'll talk about CONCACAF Champions League. We'll talk a lot about Cruz Azul and what happened because while it's not unexpected, the manner of which Cruz Azul was bounced out of the playoffs was uh, pretty significant, and it may play into LAFC's chances to advance in the CONCACAF Champions League on December the 16th. That's their game. If they win that, they'll have a game, I think, on the 19th, and then the finals December 22nd. Win three games in Orlando, you are the champions of CONCACAF, and you're going to the Club World Cup. A couple of things wanted to put a bow on as we have now identified the two teams that will play MLS Cup. It will be the Columbus crew hosting the Seattle Sounders. I know LAFC fans have to be rolling their eyes because the Sounders make it into the final again. I always tell LAFC fans, look at what the Sounders have done because when we were their age, they kept getting knocked out in the playoffs. And then one day it clicked, and now they can't stay out of an MLS Cup. They will be going for their third trophy. Columbus will be going for their second. And it gives me comfort that it's these two teams at the end because – they were pretty consistent throughout this season. They were amongst the top teams. They are clubs that have had success. We mentioned Seattle. The Columbus crew are playing their third MLS Cup. They won it in 2008. They made a final in 2015. These are clubs with new pedigree. And I think that's a sign of a, with a, of a good league. When the same teams are getting there, there was a time in MLS where everyone was getting into the final. and Teams you didn't expect were winning it. But it's, I think it's healthy that the ambitious clubs and Columbus was an ambitious club. They went out and got Lucas Delarayan. They got Darlington Nagby. Eloy Hume, who didn't play the goalkeeper. But these are big signings of a team intent on competing. And that's investment from owners. And it's good for that to be paid off. But I think from LAFC's perspective, they have to be um, optimistic that teams that follow that route are successful. Uh, New England, which fell short, had a great run. But... They're not there yet. And Minnesota is a team that's getting there, as we are, if you saw the game. Unbelievable. Minnesota up two goals to zero. And Seattle scores three goals in the final 15 minutes to make it. So uh, I think it's going to be a good showpiece for the league. Speaking of showpiece, you know, I, I saw this on Twitter this morning. Thursday night, last Thursday night, and I'm recording this on a Tuesday, December the 8th. It was Minnesota Sporting Kansas City. It was on Fox Network, and it got 900,000 viewers. Maybe people thought it was an NFL game, and they just stood around. But that's what an incredible little you know bang at the end of the season for that to happen. Because as we all know, TV numbers are the undiscovered country for Major League Soccer. We just don't get them. So when we get them in that kind of size, and that's the second most watched playoff game since in 22 years, that's fantastic business, certainly. So MLS Cup will be played this weekend in Columbus. Uh, congratulations to those teams. 
let's go crew. Come on, let's get crew. It's time for you in your second. Seattle can Seattle can wait. And now LAFC prepares for the CONCACAF Champions League, a 25-man roster in place. Jesus Murillo will be on there, as we didn't know about him with the his contract situation, but he will be part of that effort. That's really good news. LAFC training together. All the guys, no complications up to this point, and we certainly expect that to be the case. Uh, I also want to, and I know LAFC had some COVID situations at the end of the season, and a few teams did, but I want to take my hat off to Major League Soccer. When MLS's back was being announced, people are going, don't play. They were saying, don't play that tournament. And many others were saying, don't play at all. Cancel the season. Major League Soccer didn't. And the players, the coaches, the referees, the reps, the execs did everything they could to keep it going. And they pulled it off. They have one game remaining and the season will be complete. And I think they deserve a standing ovation for what they were able to accomplish. I think MLS's back showed a blueprint on how to handle a tournament in the era of COVID, and everything came afterwards. There was a few spikes to be expected, but if you look at what's happened in other sports, the spikes pale in comparison. So well done to all the clubs of Major League Soccer, and well done to the league as well for accomplishing that. When we return, Mauricio Pedrosa, we're going to have a good old conversation about football and get you ready and... Maybe get you a little excited for the prospects for LAFC next week in Orlando. This is Inside LAFC. Please rate, review, subscribe. We are back on Inside LAFC. There's never a dull moment around this club, even after the MLS season door closed. Another door has opened, which we knew after the rescheduling of the CONCACAF Champions League, which will begin December the 15th. In Orlando, it will end December the 22nd. So this is a sprint, much like the UEFA Champions League was. And that was incredible drama. So I think we'll get something similar here in CONCACAF. To help me take a look at that, to look at League MX, a guy who's an LAFC supporter. He's been at many games there. He is the co-host of Ahora o Nunca on ESPN Deportes. And you'll see him a lot on ESPN, Mauricio Pedrosa. But, and you've been on some of our content, our content plays here at LAFC as well, our roundtable. That's right. Max, how are you, man? I miss you. I miss you, too. And listen, I, I, I reached out to you to be on this podcast, and I felt when I, when I sent the uh, text, I was like, wait a minute. I, I, we were supposed to hang out. We were supposed to go to concerts, yeah, obviously yeah. go football games. And then it hit me again. Hey, we're in a pandemic, and now we're in a lockdown again, so to speak. So uh, just so you know, we're, this is still on tap in 2021. That is still on. I think the last time we saw each other was at the uh, LAFC Inter-Miami game. <laughs> yeah. It was week one, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first game of the yes. season. At least it was home opener for uh, LAFC. That much I remember. I got to call that game uh, alongside your good buddy, Herc. Uh, and I remember having that conversation again. Hey, when are we having beers? When are we going to go to a cool concert? Do you think it'll happen in 2021 or is it going to be still too soon for that? Ugh, that's a tough one. I would like to think by Memorial Day 2021, yeah. people yeah. will be vaccinated. That's still a long ways off. I mean, that's May, but I think it will happen. So maybe yeah, summertime. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So we'll have live music, a beer, and we'll have shorts and sandals on and we'll be on a boat somewhere. Absolutely. Done. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> we, I, I don't know if I'm going to try and do things in order, but it's going to be difficult because uh, I wanted you to come on because obviously, you know, Liga MX, you know, uh, CONCACAF Champions League and Cruz Azul. But 
this changed very quickly. We're recording this on a Tuesday, and Cruz Azul were already being, they were going to you know, already get the trophy. They had it in their hands. They beat Pumas 4-zip, and then an incredible thing happened. How they lose 4 nothing to Pumas in the second leg. We know about Cruz Azul's history. Did that shock you, or is that, you know, here we go again? Uh, it didn't shock me. And wow. that's probably the worst part for Cruz Azul. And, I, and I'll tell you why it didn't shock me. Watching the first leg, right, when they were leading 4-zip, four, four I hated the demeanor of some of the players sitting on the bench. They were already joking around. You could see some of the players wow. actually uh, wearing the headsets of the uh, TV crew that were on the field joking around. That's then, right. <laughs> yeah, they were like, all right, this is it. We're already planning ahead to play Leon on uh, Sunday the 13th, I believe is going to be the date. That's obviously not going to happen. But when I saw that, I was like, listen, you should know your history. I mean, you of, of, of every single team in the Mexican League, you are the ones that especially have to know that there's no such a thing as a safe lead in Mexican Liguilla, which is the Mexican playoffs. And when I saw those attitudes and that demeanor, I was like, have, have these guys never watched Mexican soccer before? <laughs> they don't know what's up with Cruz Azul. And especially after the, after the first leg, what the manager, what the coach, Siboldi, said in the, uh, during the press conference, he said the right things. But, you know, it's not always what you say is how you say it. And it's also in how he said it that I was like, that's probably not the right approach to the second game. Because Pumas, Pumas at that moment, they had nothing to lose, right? They're like, we are uh, four goals under. Nobody believes that we can do this. Let's just go out and do our thing. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, I think it speaks volumes of Siboldi's managerial style. I'm pretty sure you heard that uh, before the game, they had to scratch Corona, the goalkeeper, who's been part of the team for the past decade. And the first report was that he had a small injury, very, very minor. And and the manager, Siboldi, decided, listen, we're leading Fort Nail. We are going to play the finals. Let's just not risk it and bench him. And the people from Pumas got a hold of that before the game. And of course, it was material for them to come out to come out of the pitch mo even more motivated. And you don't do that. This is professional sports. When, when you play professional sports, you have to respect the rival regardless if you are leading 4-0, 8-0, or 2-1. And I think Cruz Azul paid, rightfully so. And they're now are going to watch the final like you and me on TV. People are thinking Chivas Cruz Azul, maybe America Cruz Azul. And Leon Pumas is still a pretty good final. It is. But I, can I, for, you watch a lot more Liga MX than I do. And I want to just touch on there was a moment at the end of the game when they were still up 4-3 three, three on aggregate. I think it was Yoshi Yotun and another. They started yeah, yelling. Rafael they had to be, they had to be separated. They were going to fight. I can. I know in people's eyes when they're ready to throw. 
And Yotun had it in his eye. I said, that guy is upset right now. And he is ready to, if he, if he was in a restaurant or something, it may get, it may get out of control. Yeah, they were already very frustrated. And here's what happened. This is what I believe happened. Listen, Yotun uh, came off the bench, but he was the only substitute that Siboldi used that game. Unbelievable, what that, yeah. What, what does that tell you, right? I mean, that's that's got to mean something. The fact that you are playing such a crucial game, uh, your, your lead now, it's only one goal, and you only allow yourself to make one sub with the game on the line. You can tell about the tension, the frustration that the players, the coaching staff were feeling at the moment. And I think that translated to the pitch. And, and at that moment, right, because it's not that Pumas was playing an amazing game. They were not creating a lot of chances. They were not even playing uh, on Cruz Azul's half of the field. It was a very weird game. They only created five chances and scored four goals. But again... When you are playing such an important game, the game's on the line, uh, you can tell who's great and who's not. And it starts with the manager, but it's also the players. And, and I believe inside that locker room, there were some players that probably in their minds were like, I cannot trust this guy. I cannot trust my teammate. I'm going to have to do this much if we want to hold on to that lead. So there were, I mean, a lot of things had to go wrong for them to lose that lead. And all of those things went wrong, starting with them. Because, I mean, we can talk Pumas all we want, but that game told me way more about Cruz Azul than he told me about Pumas. When I see Cruz Azul play, I'm really impressed. I go, wow, they got they have good fullbacks, good central mid, great striker and cabecita. They have all these pieces in place. When I look at Pumas, I'm not really impressed. I'm like, <laughs> well, is, 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 you correct me if I'm wrong. These guys, oh, this guy right. was in the lower division, not lower division, but a, a mid-table club in Argentina like Dineno. And I'm like, eh. But they have a good spirit, and they were able to overcome that. And I think that too was so stunning that a team that clearly had, even though Pumas finished ahead in the standings, that Cruz Azul had the better talent on paper, however you want to call it, uh, Pumas were able to wipe that all away, as you said, in that second leg. Um, yeah, and, and and I'm glad you brought that up. You know why Pumas was ahead on the table uh, versus Cruz Azul? They, they played the final uh, the final match of the regular season, it was actually Pumas Cruz Azul. Whoever won that game was going to finish in a higher position. And Cruz Azul led for most of the game. And they also, again, they couldn't hold on to the lead. Pumas came from behind and won that game. So now if you, if you tie on aggregate, right, first tie break is uh, your position in the table. And that's why Pumas had that advantage, funny enough. Uh, Pumas... Listen, they went through a lot sure. all over the season. People the picked on them. People yeah, picked on them a lot. Well, you know, their manager, their coach, quit 48 hours before the season started. Michel, the guy from Spain who was a Real Madrid legend, who, who actually had a, a pretty decent first season yeah. um, at the team. And he, and he was very good. And, and, and the funny story about him and Dineno was, I remember this perfectly because we had this on the show. So when, when, when Pumas announced they were signing Dineno, the team was coming back from preseason, I think. They landed at uh, Mexico City's airport, 
And one reporter went to Mitchell and asked him, so I, I, I guess you're pretty happy that you have Dineno. I said, who? Oh, boy. Yeah, Dineno. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, your, your club already announced that they signed him and he's going to be your new striker. And he said, well, that's actually news to me. Oh, boy. That, that, that tells you a lot of how Pumas was a year ago. But I think he did a great job. He created a lot of great chemistry inside that locker room. And you can actually tell from the way they play. Um, I had one of our analysts tell me this uh, before the game, or before the series against Cruz Azul. And he said, the weird thing about Pumas is I don't believe they were the better team in any of their games. And somehow they only ended up losing one game during the regular season. And that was against Leon at Leon. But somehow they always found a way to win the game. And I think that's probably how you describe a great team. Whenever that's a good habit. Deserve, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't deserve to win, but you, you go home with the three points, you got to be doing something right. And uh, I think that they were actually able to, to take that all over the match against Cruz Azul and, and, and just keep on believing, right? They never thought they were out of it, whether because they had nothing to lose or because they saw in the eyes of their opponent that, you know, if we play our game, we can make this happen. We have two great guys, and not only Dineno, it's also Carlos Gonzalez. Juan Pablo Vigón had a fantastic season. Scored that and, last and, goal. And, yeah, and they just kept believing, man. I think it's it's a combination of the two things. They kept believing that they could do it, but they also saw in Cruz Azul's eyes <laughs> that they were weak and that they were not certain that they would actually advance to the final. It's like that uh, scene in The Waterboy where they're doing the onside kick and he says he's looking for the guy to kick it to and the guy's shaking, that's the one. Yep. It was yeah, exactly. a tremendous season. I really enjoyed the Guardianes playoff. Obviously, this year without fans, it's been exceptionally difficult. But when you have these kind of episodes on the field with what Chivas did, with what happened at Cruz Azul, it's really compelling. And now you have the final. I I'm going to get you to get LAFC fans excited for the CONCACAF Champions League. I think you got up a little excited with this depiction of Cruz Azul because yeah. obviously you want to win that first game and then – you know, the tournament is your oyster. But before we move on, Leon Pumas, who wins it? I think this is this is Leon's time, finally, finally to cash in. They've been the best team in, in the Mexican League in the past two years. I, I like their manager a lot. Nacho Ambriz has really matured into a very seasoned, experienced manager. He also has a great team. I don't know if you remember this, but Nacho Ambriz was, uh, was part of the staff with Javier Aguirre at Atlético de Madrid. So he knows he knows his soccer, right? I'm so old, I remember him when he was playing. That was at the 94 World Cup, man. I was like... Do you remember the 1993 Gold Cup, the U.S. playing Mexico, Estadio yes. Azteca? He scored one of the greatest goals in the history of the tournament. And I think that was the only goal of the game. Uh, but yeah, that's that's natural, but he's, um, And so in '94, in that World Cup, they should have had el quinto partido. They had it. Uh, they yeah, had a great no. tournament. They had a great team. They had he good was the captain players. of that team. Yep. He was the captain of that team. Uh, with Hugo Sanchez even involved. Um, listen, Natural Madrid took over 25 months ago, and since then, Leon is a team with the most wins, less losses, most uh, goals scored. 
the least goals allowed. It's definitely the best team in the Mexican League in the past two weeks, uh, two years. But they, they just haven't been able to win at all for different reasons. Once uh, during Liguilla, they had to face Morelia, who was a big, big underdog. And somehow they ended up winning that series. A year ago, they were also the number one ranked team uh, during the playoffs, and they lost the final to Tigres. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Tigres, but they were the number one ranked team. But now I think they learned the lesson. It's one thing to play regular season. It's another thing to know how to play Liguillas. And I think the team, the manager, they all learned how to, how to do that. Uh, I believe they're going to win because I believe they are a better, a way better team. And Max, one of the most crucial elements to teams that win championships, to me at least, is what's the form of your star player? You can have star players, right? But they're probably not at 100%. They're not in great form. Well, Leon has in Chapo Montes the MVP of the Mexican League. Angel Men, a fantastic player. And, and, and both of them are probably at their peak. And it would it would really shock me if Pumas can pull this off. I see Leon is going to win it, and 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 I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah, they deserve it. They are. They're a good team. They're fun to watch. Yeah. And I got to see them in the first leg with LAFC at their stadium. The whole atmosphere there in Leon Guanajuato was spectacular. Perfect size, well supported. The city's all in in green. It was cool. Angel Mena was. I, we know about Chapito, but Angel Mena and Meneses. So many yeah. just great players, and they've scouted these guys all over South America to put them together, and they fly around the, the, the field with amazing energy. And as we pivot to the CONCACAF Champions League, you, you help me make my point a little better. And again, people laugh to me when I say this because, again, you may have to throw it out. You throw the baby out with the bathwater because LAFC did beat Leon in that second leg. Yeah. They beat him three zip. That was in February. The teams are kind of similar that we'll see here in December. Uh, the LAFC should have their full allotment of attacking players, a couple new players. Obviously, they had a, a, a season that didn't go that well. And uh, if they beat Leon, I say, okay, there's confidence with Cruz Azul. Let's add another layer with what you put in with the dysfunction of Cruz Azul, the disappointment they're going to be feeling for a week heading in there. And... Three factors, and this is a this is a terrible question to ask, Mariso, because I'm asking you. It should be one topic. I'm giving you five, but I want you to, I want you to give it all out and see the if the John Johnson Watsky would be ashamed of you. <laughs> he said, "Never double barrel a question." I'm five <laughs> times barreling a question, so I'll try and make it a one question. Okay, well, let's add those two things. The Concacaf Champions League is now a small tournament over a week. It's in the United States which means the Mexican clubs do have to travel. It's not going to feel like a road game. There's no two legs. And it's at the end of the MLS season where it's normally before they play a game. Am I crazy to think that there's enough things there that could play in LAFC's favor? No, not at all. I think you're right. I think, remember, we, we used to have this segment on Nacion ESPN, Am I Loco? <laughs> yes, I love that. Uh, no, you're not loco. I think I think you have uh, you, you have it figured out. That's the right approach. And I will also add this for Cruz Azul. There are two ways to handle defeat in their specific scenario. One is, can you use it as motivation to bounce back 
and play your best football against LAFC. The second element is how's your confidence level, right? After all what happened is your confidence on the floor. And I think if, if I had to pick one, I would probably choose the second scenario. Mm. I think this was a confidence breaker. I mean, for some players individually, but collectively as well, because how do you go back in a short time? Because it's not that like you're going to have a month to prepare and, and just let it, you know, let it pass, let it be something that already happened and, 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 and not affect you, affect you in a way. I think it's going to have a big impact on Cruz Azul's confidence, both for their star players and collectively. And there's this one clip that I wanted to talk to you about after the game. You know, Milton Caraglio, right? He yes. was a big goal scorer for Cruz Azul. Siboli uh, pretty much didn't line him up during the season. He, he barely played. And after the final whistle, he yelled something at Siboldi, his, his manager, that I cannot repeat here because I don't want to be fine and I don't want to get you fired. <laughs> But I think, I think when, I, when, I, when I heard that clip, and he had to do something with Siboldi's mother, oh boy. Uh, you get the picture. To me, it was, okay, this locker room isn't right. Unbelievable how quickly this happened. You can't you can lose a game. It, this is sports. Things happen. But if your very first reaction is insulting the manager around the media, not even privately, not even waiting to go back to the locker room where those things happen, but right away in front of a lot of journalists and reporters, and uh, staff members and your teammates, I think that's going to have a big impact on how Cruz Azul collectively approaches the game against LAFC. LAFC has had more time to process what happened during the season and not let it be a factor for the Champions, uh, Champions League game against Cruz Azul. There's also, and I don't have too many of the details, but there was a report of six players, staff members, whoever it is for that have now tested positive for COVID yep. around Cruz Azul. It's an incredible list of things that have all happened wrong at the wrong time. And I think, you know, LAFC is not going to sympathize because they went through something similar where we knew it. It was all four of their South American internationals out of the postseason because of positive tests. So the tables are turned somewhat, but I think your point is how LAFC soaks it all in and right now they are seeing it all play out in front they're able to train together since the season ended with their first team group essentially i you know vela brian rodriguez diego rossi sifu back in there uh it's a good team and jesus murillo is going to be in the 25 man roster which is important because that'll help the defense which you know they're going to have to have a good defensive shape oh, yeah. but we haven't seen vela rodriguez and rossi really play together much at all this season. And I think Rossi and Rodriguez make him a better player. So we're going to see that unless some unforeseen situation happens with that rest and that trio. How do you see, I mean, you, you've seen, you, you've seen plenty of LAFC games. How, how do you see they respond under these circumstances where they haven't played in a couple weeks and they haven't played with this group in a couple weeks? 
I think it's a great point, and and no one really knows how that's gonna work. Uh, maybe not even Bob Bradley at this point, because <clears throat> I I believe Carlos Vela was never 100% back from not only from the injury. He probably is 100% in terms of his injury, but I don't think he was fit enough to be the factor that we are used to see from him. Uh, maybe now he had the time to both uh, be 100% from his injury and also physically be also 100%. Now it comes I – don't, I don't think they need a lot of reps in training. Brian Rodriguez, Rossi, and Carlos Vela, they know each other too well. They know what they do best and what they don't do great. Uh, at, at this point, to me, is uh, how the back line is going to form, number one, who are going to be your four starters. And then can you, can you make – Uh, against Latif Blessing. Is is Latif Blessing going to be a part of it? Yes, Latif will be there. he was in conversations to maybe leave the club, but, I mean... There was uh, this... Right? Yeah, it was to uh, Vasco da Gama, and we don't know how much is behind it. That's what it is, but to me, it never made a lot of sense because those Brazilian clubs aren't going to spend a lot of money on transfer fees. Right, you know, right. And they, they were going to have to. And then not just going to give him away, right? No, they shouldn't give anyone away. I mean, right. this market, you, you as much as you want to sell players, you don't give them away. So so if... if everything's pretty but, everything's pretty set in the midfield attack. I think... Right, Atuesta, yeah. key blessing, and then the three up front. To me, that has to be enough in terms of... Are you not are, are are you gonna be able to create enough volume, right? Are you gonna bring numbers? Are you gonna? I, I don't believe they're gonna control possession because that's probably what Cruz Azul does best. But we know what you you don't always win with possession uh, in this day and age. And I remember the way Cruz uh, LAFC controlled Leon uh, during the game here in LA. It was not necessarily with possession; it was with speed. And the back line of Cruz Azul is not fast at all. And let's see if they can get both of their, uh, not the center backs, but the fullbacks back, especially Andretta, who's crucial for that scheme. And he was not a part of the game against uh, Pumas because he was injured. So I believe that if, if Bob Bradley has those six players up from the midfielders, the, the, the forwards, they're going to create a lot of chances. They're, and then, and they're going to be a problem for Cruz Azul's back line. I think it's a pretty even game. I don't want to say any uh, has a an advantage, any has the edge, but I believe in terms of form, I believe LAFC is going to be in a better form than Cruz Azul, and that's probably what's going to uh, probably give them the small advantage and win the game. Your show's in Mexico. When I was down in Leon, when they played that game, Carlos Vela and the Champions League was top story on all the all the sports shows now that it picks up again and i'll get your thoughts on how excited you are about it but in mexico how are they viewing the Concacaf champions league how are the the folks that cover the league seeing cruz azul versus carlos vela potentially carlos vela with club america if they get by and i shouldn't have jinxed it but that's what lies ahead in the semis how is that going to be portrayed uh what's the excitement level going to be like um, I think after the league ends, so after next, it's a Sunday, quick, it's a quick pivot too. It's like bang, it's a, the thirteenth, the, the league ends, and the sixth, fifteenth, Champions League begins. It is a quick pivot, but I think it's a good pivot 
because of timing, right? Because people still are going to be excited for having a uh, the, the Mexican League actually crowning a champion. That didn't happen because of pandemic and clausura 2020. So I think momentum is going to be great. And, and there's a lot of people who are going to pay a lot of attention because of the teams involved, especially Tigres, Cruz Azul, and America, you know, those those are those are the teams. People want to follow those teams. And and now, and, and I know a lot of my Mexican colleagues don't want to accept to this, but they are paying attention to Major League Soccer way more than they did before. And again, they won't probably admit to this, but there is a rivalry. There is something there. And the fact that you have MLS teams playing Liga MX teams, that is always, always something that is going to attract a lot of people. Whether, whether if it's because Mexican journalists and fans want to keep bragging rights, and 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 if it happens as it has happened in the past that Mexican teams end up winning the whole thing, and they're going to say, "See, where's the MLS? We don't see the MLS. They want to make this a competition. It's not a competition because we keep winning the trophy." And uh, but if you compare that to ten years ago, that was not even a conversation. It was one-way traffic. People wouldn't even be paying attention to that. It is, oh, who won the Champions League? Cruz Azul. Oh, okay, fine. Who did they play? Monterrey right. <laughs> in the final. Don't, don't matter. Don't matter. You know what I'm saying? But I think the fact that it's going to be right after uh, Guardianes 2020 ends, it's going to bring great momentum and people are going to be paying attention. It's going to be the only soccer uh, event for Mexican teams at the, at the time. So they're going to have their full attention and it's going to be an, a, a, a big event. Yeah, 100%. And people are going to so be LAFC, home. LAFC better wins this one. <laughs> if they want that credit that Major League Soccer has been fighting for. There's so much in the favor of these MLS clubs that I think there's going to be pressure to do it. Now, some of them are playing second legs like New York City FC and Atlanta. Atlanta's not coming back in the second leg. It's too big of a hole. New York City FC, maybe. And Montreal, I think, probably. Uh, as they trail, uh, who is it, uh, from Honduras? Is it Motagua? Why? Motagua. I'm terrible. I should know this. Well, that was this. the one that, that eliminated Pedro, Seattle, right? Correct. Pedro Troglio's there. Imagine if Seattle was there, how different it could have been. Do you think the games being in Orlando provide a significant edge? And I, I, I think with Cruz Azul, the difference between them playing at home and playing away was pretty, pretty glaring. And now they have to go to Orlando, albeit not, it's not an LAFC home game. Olympia. There's no fans. Olympia. Olympia. Team, sorry. I'm Olympia sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, listen, I, I remember we just got killed by the Hondureños. Then I, I just lost my, hun- I just lost my Honduran sorry. viewers. Sorry, you guys. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's me. It's me. <laughs> uh, going back to your question. Uh, I remember talking to a lot of major league soccer players and the one thing they keep pointing to as a factor for not being able to beat Mexican teams is when they have to travel and play away. Yeah. And that atmosphere, that kind of stadiums. Look look what happened to LAFC. They went and played Leon. I know they didn't have a Tuesta at the time, which was a big deal. Um and they and, and they lost two zip. And it was for a lot of those players, it's a completely different environment. The way the crowd uh, it's really part of the game is different. 
The stadiums are different. Uh, the intensity is probably different. So that not being a factor now, being a neutral side, I think that's going to play for MLS teams and not for, for Liga MX teams because now things even up a little bit, right? Now it's a level uh, playing field and there's no home home team and there's no home field advantage. And I think that was a big factor of why MLS teams struggled to win in Mexico. So I think that makes it a little more interesting, if anything. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And uh, look, as you said, MLS teams labored, and we saw Atlanta when they went to travel to America and certainly playing in the Azteca has a, a, a long list of challenges, but it's much more difficult for MLS teams and Liga MX teams coming here, although that's no walk in the park either for Liga MX teams. I, I don't know how to predict this tournament. I, I think LMC have a shot. Can they win? Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul with all their problems that just happened in 24 hours seemingly still are an incredible outfit. But uh, it's it's this week's going to be pretty insane. How, are you, you got to be pretty pumped to to cover this because it was like the UEFA Champions League. It started, you had game, game, yeah. game, and then it ended. You're like, well, what happened? But this is going to be a similar feeling. And that went well. So this, this could be a... This could be a defining moment for CONCACAF and how they hold these tournaments. Listen, and if it works in terms of uh, ratings and, and attention and, and media coverage, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they have to come up with a plan to not do it exactly like this, but something that resembles, you know, something similar. I like it. I like the format. It's not what, like, if we go back to the Champions League, it's not what... UEFA wants because they're no. they're missing out on a lot of games and every game brings money, right? So if you have to cut uh, six to twelve games, well, you're missing out on a lot of money. And 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 you know, UEFA, FIFA, Concacaf, they're all about la plata, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're just on audio. <laughs> we're you're doing it on video, and you do the la plata with your hands, yeah, but yeah, just for plata, the, the audience. Plata. So it doesn't matter if we like it, they won't get the revenue from, from selling tickets and, and from having both teams for each series, uh, both games for each series. So that's why I believe it's going to be a treat for the fans. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for the fans because I, listen, America was just beat by Chivas, their biggest rival, and they're not in great shape. There were even questions to see if Miguel Herrera uh, had to be fired or not. Wow. Tigres, same thing. This is not this is not your 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 2015 Tigres, right? This is not your uh, all almighty Tigres. Uh, Gignac's still great. The rest of the squad not that much. Uh, again, also questions. Should Tuca Ferretti be still the manager after all these years and all these titles? It looks like he's still going to be there at least for the next couple of years. So so maybe this is maybe this is the time. I don't want to have this as a as a self pity self promotion of my show, but it's ahora o nunca for major yeah. league soccer teams <laughs> because well played. You're, you're you're facing Mexican clubs that are not in great shape. You're playing in a neutral side. Uh 90 minutes just to give it your all. This might be the time for MLS teams to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Well, we'll all enjoy it together, and you can be part of the LAFC celebratory. It might be virtual. 
party uh, when That's okay. they lift it up because it's is, uh, it's is there going to be alcohol involved? Yes, you're gonna have to stock your own, but you'll be there. But I'll tell you this. I'm I'm circling now. June 2021, Catalina, Catalina wine mixer or beer mixer. We're going. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> add me to my eye calendar. So All right. We'll I put it in forget. there. You can you can look at it every day to see if it's getting closer <laughs> by the minute. Mauricio Pedrosa, ESPN Deportes, ahora o nunca. Great stuff, my friend. Always good to chat football with you, and I look forward to doing it again pretty soon. And enjoy the rest. Enjoy the final and enjoy the CCL. It should be good. Yes, sir. Thank you, Max. Shout out to all the LAFC fans who have always treated me super, super well. And best of luck. Thank you for having me. Yes, we also. I'm also looking forward to playing with Mauricio at Bank of California Stadium, representing whomever. Oh, it was man. Club America. That was fun. That was that fun. Was one of the best. Yeah, that was. I still have the shorts and socks. I promise I won't miss the PK this time. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. That's on you. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Make, make sure you rate, review, subscribe inside LFC, and we'll, we'll talk with you very soon. Getting ready for the CONCACAF Champions League. Oh, yes! It knocked on the door!